0: How are you doing everybody? The
1: Chet Podcast Network. Welcome to SportsCoard, a podcast where a Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kalvik and Lester Munson.
0: Jason Williams. Coaches operating with 50% salary. We have a lot to talk about on sports court today. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Copick, joined by ESPN Legal Eagle, Mr. Lester Munson, to talk about what's going on in the smoke-filled rooms. And of course, we are brought to you by the great people at American Taxi. You people out in the suburbs. Don't think about limos. You business people in tight economic times, enjoy the comforts of American Taxi. Always have a courteous driver, a nice, clean vehicle. Whether you're going to Midway Airport, O'Hare Field, or Mitchell Field in Milwaukee, American Taxi is the way to go. Lester, after what seems like uh, roughly five decades, Jason Williams is now wearing uh, an orange jumpsuit. Uh, What do you have the over-under on as to uh, how long uh, Williams, who... uh, Whacked uh, Gus Cristolpi during a night of uh, frivolity at his New Jersey mansion. What do you have as the under on how much jail time he'll actually do?
1: He's going to do probably three of those five years. If he continues to have the personal difficulties that he has manifested in the last few months, he could end up doing the whole five years. Here's a guy who has been as erratic as anybody can be. Uh, he's going to be in a state prison in the state of New Jersey. This is not a good place to be. Is
0: that the prison in Rahway?
1: I think that's maximum security. I'm not sure he qualifies for maximum security because the Mm. sentence is too short. So he'll be in some medium security. If he gets in trouble, then he could end up in Rahway.
0: Because I'm thinking about Rahway. That's where Reuben Hurricane Carter was. And I've heard that Rahway uh, is the worst thing you'll find next to Texas.
1: Uh, Hurricane (laughs) Carter was indeed there. Uh, Bill Knack, the great Sports Illustrated writer, former SI writer, wrote a wonderful piece about uh, hurricane in his cell awaiting the riot among the prisoners that he knew was coming, preparing himself, making sure that all that his memoir and all of his stuff was protected. And guess what? None of the prisoners messed with him during the riot. Is that a surprise
0: to any of us? No. Uh, you know, <laughs> by the way, that reminds me of a great line that uh, David Letterman had on his show a couple of years ago when uh, Paris Hilton had to do about 15 days in uh, prison she he was talking about the uh, top 10 things that uh, paris would uh, miss about the joint i think number four was arriving fashionably late at lunchroom and uh, uh, arriving fashionably late at lunchroom riots
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she would know how to do that
0: give me give me a, a ballpark once again how much do you suppose jason williams spent on legal fees in an effort to avoid incarceration
1: Uh, He had some very good lawyers. He had both a Washington, D.C. firm and a firm from North uh, Jersey. They did a great job for him. They caught the prosecutor hiding evidence. Here was Jason Williams accused of hiding evidence of the killing. They caught the prosecutor hiding evidence. That led to this long delay. That led to a not guilty verdict on some of the counts. But he had to have spent at least 4 or 5 million dollars on this defense over the years. Now he started out with an awful lot of money with a beautiful mansion in New Jersey. Now he's down almost to rock bottom. He's uh, he's in the middle of a divorce that will probably dispose of whatever else he has left.
0: So at this point we can declare that uh, once Jason Williams uh, steps out from uh, incarceration he will be dead broke.
1: I think he will be. He'll, he'll uh, will it, whether he will be so In such bad shape, he has to go through bankruptcy. I don't know yet. We'll find out. Um, And think of it, Chet, this is a guy who had really a very promising situation in broadcast. He was a great personality on the air. He had this great look about him. He certainly understood the game of basketball. He was a shrewd and smart player. And look what he has done. Uh, with a little alcohol and and a terrible night with the Globetrotters and the chauffeur.
0: You know, uh, Lester, uh, Curly Boo Johnson, the former Harlem Globetrotter, called me uh, uh, the night before Williams' uh, sentencing and said, I, I'm now prepared to write my book. Because, as you know, that night a number of Harlem Globetrotters were the guests of uh, Jason Williams at his mansion. And Boo Johnson was witness to... Uh, uh, Jason Williams whacking Gus uh, Christoffi. In fact, uh, you know, Curly called me that night just absolutely frantic. And I honest to gosh believe that to this day, psychologically, Boo has never gotten over it.
1: Well, think of what happened. Here you have a guy with a shotgun. The chauffeur is standing no more than three feet away. You hear this shot go off, and you see a bloody. It would it would cause you to uh, it would alter your life. There's no question about it.
0: Hey, my friend, uh, the National Football League. I'm going to ask you point blank: 2011. What are the chances? Are they significant that the National Football League and the players will be stupid enough to create an environment in which there will be no football in 2011?
1: I think that is a very good possibility. I would probably even call it a probability. The contract expires on March 31, 2011. On April 1, the very next day, I would expect to see the National Football League lock out all of the players who are then under individual contracts. There would be, no what do they call them, organized team activities. Right. They would come to an end. There would be... I'm not sure what would happen to the draft that summer, but can there be a lockout? Yes. The National Football League has been getting ready for this for more than a year. They are, they are signing up all of the coaches with lockout clauses and they have hired some lawyers. The Proskauer firm, a guy named Bob Batterman, they were the masterminds of the NHL lockout. So the National Football League is ready and willing to start the lockout in April of 2011.
0: All right, uh, I would say this. You have a lot of uh, football players carrying heavy debt, big cars, uh, illegitimate children, big homes, (laughs) etc., etc. At at some point, Lester, the NFLPA just has to bend. It has to play football in 2011 because the rank and file will scream bloody murder. It has to play.
1: The, the union is going to have a very difficult time fighting off this lockout, just as the hockey players did. The hockey players saw it coming three years in advance. This union is under new leadership, D. Smith. He has only been there for a little while. He's getting ready for it. He's doing the best he can. But as, as you explain, it's going to be very difficult on these players. They are carrying... Car payments, house payments. They bought their mom a house. They bought their grandfather a car. They did all these things thinking that the money was going to continue to roll in. And then, bang, down comes the hammer. Can they stay together and maintain I don't think what they, they, they have?
0: Lester, I don't think they can. I really don't.
1: Well, in that case, instead of getting 60% of the revenues of the National Football League. They're going to drop below 50, and that will make a big difference in the salaries of football players. There's no question about it.
0: I don't think it's sunk in with the public yet that from the standpoint of uh, the National Football League brass here, your 32 club owners and the commissioner, playing in 2011 is really not a significant issue because, good morning, they will be paid their television revenues here regardless.
1: Yeah, they have covered all of the... uh, possibilities here they have been planning for this the leadership of the national football league is as smart and as cunning and as shrewd as any sports organization on the planet they know exactly what they're doing they and and if they can pull it off they will come out with a bonanza of profits that will be their dream come true they've they've been under a contract now that has been pro player that was upshaw's last achievement Paul Tagliabue went along with him. Now we have new leaders uh, in the National Football League. Uh, the owners will try to get back what they gave away under Tagliabue.
0: Gene Upshaw uh, once told me, late Gene Upshaw, I said to him, uh, pose the question actually, what would you say to a club owner who um, told you he's lo- losing money? And Upshaw's response was, one, you're a liar, or two, you're a Two, you have to be the dumbest man on the face of the earth. (laughs) That's right.
1: It's almost impossible to run a National Football League team and lose money. There is only one owner who has managed to do that, Arthur Modell. He had to move out of town and take the bonus money from Baltimore to try to stay even, and even then he lost his team. But that's one out of 60 or 80 owners in our lifetime. The the owners are very unhappy because their profits have gone from maybe – 11 or 15 percent of total income down to three or four percent. They want that money back and they know where to go to get it to the players with two thirds of their overhead.
0: All right, but uh, we have franchises worth well over a billion dollars. I mean, for example, uh, if you were going to establish a price today for the Chicago Bears, what would the number be?
1: It's got to be around a billion dollars with the soldier field arrangement that they have. It's very favorable to the Bears. There is some reduction in value on these franchises because the credit markets have dried up, but they're going to come back, and then the value will be restored. But, yes, the Bears have to be worth well uh, well north of a billion dollars.
0: How many people are aware, and I would say uh, about one-half of one percent, that the late wife of uh, Muggs Hallis, Terry, was really taken to the cleaners? I mean, absolutely clobbered by the McCaskey family when it came to uh, uh, legitimate revenues, she should have derived after uh, Muggs-Hallis passed away.
1: I don't think there's any doubt about what happened to her. It it was a uh, a very unfair and an unjust set of circumstances. Uh, Muggs had not, there had been a divorce, Uh, things had not gone well. She somehow managed to make a bad situation worse herself with the way she handled it, and... I think there's the one book, Papa Bear, by Jeff Davis. He describes all that very nicely, but um, you're right. It's one of those unknown things in the whole history of the Chicago Bears.
0: How uh, disappointed were you as a hockey fan uh, the other night that uh, uh, the game between Canada and the U.S. was on uh, MSNBC, where it still did a very, very significant number here in Chicago. It had 370,000 households, which is I, I guarantee you it has to be a one-night MSNBC record that may never be touched, for <laughs> heaven's sakes. But the fact is, here is the NHL, which uh, with Red Rising here in Chicago, the game was not on, on your standard Channel 5 on regular NBC television.
1: I, I don't begin to understand that. I know that the way the Olympic hockey is structured, it's very difficult to get the ads in during the play, during the three periods. There are two intermissions. Wasn't there some way to put this on either NBC Channel 5 where we get high definition or even CNBC instead of curling? But they put it over on MSNBC. No high definition. It's almost impossible to watch a hockey game without high definition. So it was, I, I gave up. I tried to watch it. I said, well, this is, it's the way hockey used to be.
0: Would you want to spend time with anybody who seriously watches curling? <laughs> uh,
1: well, you, you, uh, why is it on all the time? There must be somebody out there watching it i don't i 't uh, how many people are involved in curling i, I don 't even
0: know game. who invented curling. <laughs> I don't either. Was it the Pilgrims? You know, I have no idea.
1: It's like a sight gag. It's funny for about eight seconds, and then you want to hit the remote. You want to get off of that channel.
0: All right, uh, we're looking at NBC with just overwhelming losses. I mean, they are absolutely bathing in red ink while we watch ice dancers and figure skaters and Apollo Ono and Bodie Miller with uh, a comeback for the ages. When it's all said and done, and they, they go back to 30 Rock, they're going to look at the books, and the bean counters are going to say, you know what, uh, the bleeding is so bad, number one, we should have stopped the fight, and number two, there is no way that we can, uh, uh, shall we say, spread the uh, the losses around. I think Dick Ebersole's head is going to fly.
1: Somebody uh, is going to have to pay the price here. He has led a charmed life with NBC and doing the Olympics all these years. I think he might have one more Olympics still coming, the London summer olympics under the contracts that he has negotiated it, it is uh, incomprehensible to me how they can lose this much money with a product that is so interesting to so many people they they the, what are there too many cameras too many crews what's going on the ads are not coming in I, I don't begin to understand it it was it must have been a bad deal when ebersole negotiated it and if they're going to look for a scapegoat what, where else can they go he has to be the guy.
0: Um, and this is the very same Dick Ebersole who roughly a decade ago teamed up with uh, Vince McMahon and put 50 million bucks down just to get a ridiculous concept called the XFL started. <laughs> now, I mean, I mean, the, the law of average says, Lester, you don't even survive the XFL. And he's still there. He's still in charge of the Olympics, right. still in charge of their sports division.
1: And this has happened under different ownerships of NBC. Somehow, whoever owns it, GE, and so uh, going back in history, they all are impressed with him and with the way he has done things. The XFL has got to be one of the great disasters oh. in the history of commercial television. And, and there he is. Uh, maybe he can survive this. I don't know. There's something about the Olympics. Things go wrong, and yet everybody involved in the Olympics does well. It never sticks to anybody. There's some weird thing going on here.
0: You know, uh, it's funny because right now, Apollo Ono is a major, major global figure. Oh, yeah. But in three weeks... He can walk through O'Hare Field, and nobody will know who the hell he is. <laughs> right?
1: No, that, that, there is a half-life to these things. The uh, And I'm sure that's true of some of the ice dancers and some of these uh, the luge, uh, all these goofy things. It's a lot of fun to watch them, but all of a sudden it's over, and then you forget all about it for another four years.
0: All right, uh, Lester, one final note about pro football, going back to uh, the possibility of a lockout. You tell me that NFL assistant coaches right now are signing contracts that contain a very unique clause.
1: It's a lockout clause. If you want to be the coordinator or the assistant coach on any of the 32 teams, they're going to give you a contract. It's going to be a very generous contract in terms of its salary, but there's going to be a clause that says if there is a lockout, that begins with the 2011 season, your salary will be reduced by 50%. In some cases, some teams are making it a total elimination of salary. So this is what you must agree to now if you want to coach in the National Football League.
0: Wow. In closing, Lester, can you imagine... Think about Nevada. Think about Las Vegas. Think about Reno. Can you imagine how much dough would be missed in the casinos, the sports books? If there was no National Football League action in 2011,
1: yeah, that is the biggest thing in all those sports books by far. I'm sure that's what is that 50 percent of the revenue? Oh, at, it has least, to be. at least. And uh, so they will suffer. I'm not sure I'm too worried about them. They'll find something else they can do. And in those, well,
0: beautiful. No, the bottom line <laughs> is this: they'll find some new way to screw you.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So they'll find some way for someone to lose so they can win.
0: Here's Lester Munson, uh, the best at his craft in the business, the man in charge of. Uh, all things legal when it comes to uh, ESPN. I'm Chet Copick. This has been Sports Court, and we will catch you in seven days. So long, everybody.